welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you leak breast milk, you can now stop losing it to a breast pad and instead collect it to add to your stash. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. The hair and body baby wash is made with gentle moisturizing ingredients. And we will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page of all of our sponsors and see if you can give them any of your business if you need anything, uh, because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down to the bottom and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week. And this comes from a listener, obviously, um, who <laughs> shot me a message. It's been a this long day. This came from my neighbor. <laughs> She's never heard the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Oh, God. Get me through the day. Um, <laughs> uh, this is actually like a retr- not a retraction. That's not the right word. She was she was enlightening me of something, which I thought this was so interesting. And Abby will probably appreciate it, too. So she said, um, hi, lovely ladies. I wanted to comment on one of your episodes, I believe, Mythbusters where you mentioned a mom had been advised they should close their baby's mouth to prevent mouth breathing. Now, oh, yeah. A little caveat here. If you haven't heard that episode yet, um, I'll link it in the show notes. But it was only a few weeks ago. But we had talked about how one of the moms that I saw, it was like her first visit with me at the pediatric office since she was discharged. And she had a very traumatic delivery and a lot of problems with breastfeeding. And a nurse had said to her, like the baby had fed and was just like laying there, like kind of with her mouth open, kind of that milk drunk type of look that we mm-hmm. see. Um, and the nurse said, you have to close her mouth or she's going to become a mouth breather. And the <laughs> the mother was like freaked out. Like she was freaked out enough to ask me about it when she got to when she was seeing me. And this had happened like a day or two prior to that. So it was still obviously sitting in her head. So she said, you know, this, so this um, person, her name is Judy, wanted to talk about that. And she said, both you ladies sounded alarmed by the advice of closing the baby's mouth while they sleep, but it's been practiced by Native Americans to slightly close their baby's mouth while they sleep to prevent mouth breathing. It's very interesting, and I recommend you look it up. This practice was referenced in the book Breathe by James Nestor. Mouth breathing is not well, is not well noted to cause many health problems, and this book brings it to light. And I responded with, hi, Jody, thanks so much. Hi, Judy, thanks so much. Um, It wasn't really the issue of the mouth breathing. It was more how the nurse told her that she had to sit and watch her baby sleep to be sure she didn't have her mouth open. This was a very new mom. Baby was about three days old and a very traumatic delivery. Mom was so overwhelmed, she felt like she needed to literally watch her sleep. Um, I thought I had said that in the podcast, but maybe I didn't. It was more like I wish the nurse had considered what she was saying to this already fragile new mother. And then I did say to her, you know, I would love to share this info on the podcast because I think it is like super interesting. I love to hear information from like different cultures and things that people are doing. And if we talk about something like sometimes we're in a bubble where we are. So if we talk about something that maybe you do it differently in your culture, definitely let us know. Cause we would love to share that information with, with other people. Yeah. I mean, on occasion we can be wrong. Oh, I don't want to admit it. Don't count on it. No, but listen, so that's really interesting. Actually, that's really interesting. And I, I wish that I had thought of this um, while we were talking about that during that one episode that she was referencing, because I don't know if it's the book that she is referring to it could be i have to ask josh 
because Josh was reading a book. Okay, so he snores. He snores like a. Mm. I, like, so I did can't, my husband until he yeah. got the thing. I know, uh, and yeah. yeah. So he snores so much, and so he started reading a book, and I don't know if it was that book. I want to know now if it was the same book she's referring to. Um, but he started to, and he's kind of a mouth breather, and he he, which I think you have to be to snore. You have yeah, to have your mouth so. open. Yeah. So he he started sleeping. The book suggested, first of all, it suggested something that you could do is sleep with tape on your mouth. Oh. Tape your mouth shut and this will strengthen like your your nasal passages and all of that stuff and help them widen or whatever. I don't know. Um, and I swear to God, he did it and it worked. Like he was not snoring. I mean, halfway through the night or towards the morning, he would take it off because I think it was just getting, he was getting sick of it. Um, but while he would have it on, he would not snore. And um, in the book as well, talked about how um, evolutionarily speaking, um, humans have, uh, first of all, are breastfeeding less and are eating uh, softer foods. Mm. And this has led to like the weakening of like the sinus area. Um, because as we know from breastfeeding, that this is something that breastfeeding strengthens all of these, you know, the things that are going on in their mouths and the ears and the sinuses and and their tongue and all of that. And not breastfeeding and not eating these kind of harder foods that we found in nature, you know, in our past ancestors, whatever, um, has led to like weakening and more snoring, probably more snoring. You know, like I don't think like a lot of our ancestors are sitting around snoring. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. And so I think that's very much what she is kind of talking about. And it makes sense that, um, I don't know, that, that you know, that someone, some the, a culture out there, especially in an in indigenous culture, would be in tune to that. Yeah, that is amazing. And I mean... My my oldest is a mouth breather when he sleeps, and I never thought about it before. Your what um, is a mouth breather? My oldest son. Is, oh, your oldest. Oh. Yeah. So he, but he is starting to have like he'll have periodically he'll have throat problems, like tonsil, mm -hmm. like tonsillitis. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did start doing some research on it because he got it a couple times through the winter, and of course he goes to school out of state, so now I'm trying to deal with it from out of state, but. I looked it up and it did say that like it could be caused by mouth breathing. And I never really like looked into that kind of stuff before because I never mm -hmm. had a need to really. So this is, I thought this was really interesting, which is why I was yeah. like, let me, can I share this? So thank you so much, Judy, for, um, for bringing this to light for us. It was really, and honestly, it really, it wasn't more of like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy to close the babies. It was more of like, that's not the, that's not what this mother was worried about at this point in time. Like she had a lot yeah, more stuff going on Yeah, I mean, let's not panic about mouth breathing, but like, and especially if like, this is also why it's so helpful to help people breastfeed because breastfeeding is a normal thing that your baby is designed to be doing. It's, it's part of their development and, you know, then it's going to, you know, help with all of these things down the line. Yeah. So thank you but so yeah, much. Don't panic if your baby has the mouth open still, you know, you don't have to like add another thing to panic about. Right. I don't know that I would tape your, your baby's mouth shut. Mm -hmm. So don't do No, that. don't tape your baby's mouth shut. But you can tape your husband's mouth shut. Yeah, you can tape your husband's mouth shut. If you yeah. if anybody's partner um snores, I highly recommend Oh my God. And then this is how <sighs> Josh, I mean, God love him. He's a sweet guy, but like Jesus. <laughs> he goes, he goes, um, he was using like packing, like the clear packing tape. 
<laughs> and we we ran out of it. And he was like, so I was thinking about using this. Dude's holding the gorilla tape. <laughs> I said, Josh, you cannot put that on your skin. Oh, my God. He was God. like, oh, oh. And then now, now the kids are always like, remember when daddy was going to put gorilla tape on his face? <laughs> God, they will, he'll never live it down. And he shouldn't. Oh my, no, my God. hilarious. Gorilla tape. Oh, my gosh. He would have had no face. <laughs> Anyway, oh my god, <laughs> you'd be all lipless. <laughs> oh my gosh, I swear right. we're going to talk about something real today. We everybody. really will. No, yeah. that was really. I think this was yeah. a very cool introduction to the episode. Yeah, so that was really awesome. So thank you so much, Judy. And you can put a review for us on iTunes. Um, that helps the podcast a lot. Or you can. You know, send us an email, badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I did spend a lot of time today answering emails. So um, if anybody's like, damn it, why is this wrong with this chick? She's not answering me. Um, I did answer you today. <laughs> so, I did spend some time today doing emails. <laughs> and usually people are so sweet. They're like, oh, my God, I never thought I would actually get a response back. Like, yeah. yeah, I really try to answer everybody unless it really <laughs> yeah. gets super buried. So. Um, so, yeah, so we're doing our best. But we're going to talk about cluster feeding today because... This is like the mythical, like, oh my God, cluster feeding. What do I need to do about it? Why is it happening? When is it going to end? You know, everybody's just. Yeah. Well, it's also one of these things. So it's like, I, I don't think I have enough milk. Oh, yeah. yeah. My baby constantly is constantly nursing. I don't think there's anything in there. I don't think it's enough. I think they're frustrated because there's nothing in there and all that. We could do like a myth show just on cluster feeding, like uh, just yeah. on the myths surrounding cluster feeding. <laughs> well, well, let's I think. do it. <laughs> oh my God. We can knock some out right now. <sighs> so, so what is it? Let's, I was yeah, going to say, so what is cluster feeding? And cluster feeding, I usually explain it to parents as like, it's this time where your baby, your baby picks this one time of day. And it's usually, I'm going to say usually, but not always, but usually most people find that it's like evening-ish time. Um. And they just want to cluster feed. They just want to feed, 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 right? So your baby might be feeding every two to three hours, you know, on demand around the clock, you know, but then they hit this one time of day where they're like, let's say it is evening. They want to eat at 6 p.m. They eat at 6 p.m. 6.45, they want to eat again. 7.20, they act like they're starving and have never eaten in their life and they want to eat again. <laughs> you know, 8 o'clock, they want to eat again. 8.30, they want to eat again, and then they'll sleep for like four hours. So like that is typically kind of what you see with a cluster feeding. It's like they're just feeding, 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 and they're miserable in that time frame. Like they're mm -hmm. miserable. They're like screaming their heads off. They are crying. Sometimes people are like, I can't even get the baby to latch during this time. Oh, yeah. And honestly, so when this happens, we can even tell you when this is going to happen. You're going to likely see this like the second night of life. So it used to be people were still in the hospital on the second night of life, but not as much anymore. So usually the second night of life, um, usually the first night home is not uncommon to see it. And then they might be kind of, you know, kind of settled in for the next, like, I don't know, week or so. And then you might see it starting up again right around the two-week mark. And then you see it started up around the two-week mark, and you're probably going to see it every night or so or every day anyway, for several weeks. So there are several reasons why this happens. The last reason on the list is hunger. 
Like that isn't even like the top <laughs> yeah. of the, that isn't even yeah. the top of the list, yeah. right? That's, yeah, that's like, not why it's happening. That's yeah. not why it's happening at all. But that's why everybody thinks it's happening. Everybody thinks these babies are starving. And what I see like in the hospital, people will come out and say, that they supplemented in the hospital. This is one of the biggest re- supplemented in the hospital because the baby was just feeding all the time and my milk wasn't in yet. And I didn't have enough colostrum and the nurse said that the baby was starving. So we gave him formula. Uh, yeah. All the time that happens in the hospital all the time that happened to you, right? Like yeah, that's kind right. of what yours was. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And it's not, they're cluster feeding and the reason why they do this, a lot of it, there's several reasons. One of them is that they want to feel connected and safe and secure. And that second night of life, especially like that second night of life, they're just kind of like, where am I? Like, they're not in the womb anymore. They yeah. don't know where the heck they are. It's bright in that room. It's loud. They got people poking them with stuff. You know, like it, there's a lot of stuff going on around them. They want to be connected to you, to feel safe and secure, and that is their place. That is where they are most safe and most secure, and that is where they want to be. So they will fuss and cry until you put them right there. And then they'll they'll quiet right down. Like you'll put them on and then they'll just go to sleep. And you take them off and then they scream. And then you put them on and they go over back. It's just like this process. That is a lot of that is at the second night of life, they are just like, Feeling secure and safe. They're also instinctively, they know the more they nurse, the more they're bringing your milk in and the better they're making your milk supply. All of that stuff, all of that cluster feeding, all it does is build a good milk supply. So when people say, oh my gosh, this is happening because I don't have enough milk. It's actually the contrary. It is building a supply for you. It is your guarantee that you are going to have a good milk supply if you just let your baby do this cluster feeding. And just kind of like roll with it. Just be like, okay, my baby, it's not that I don't have enough milk. It's that my baby's building my supply for me. And that's what we're doing right now. And I'm making him feel more secure and safe by responding to his needs and keeping him close to me during this time when he's obviously at his wit's end. So that is yeah. that is a lot of what's happening at that point in time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that's like one of these things that we don't we we don't understand babies. We don't understand newborn behavior. We don't understand not just newborns, but like anything that these babies are doing. Yeah. And so we see this and we're just like this has to be wrong. It's causing it's causing me stress. It seems different. It's not what I expected and so something must be wrong. And then when you have somebody there saying to you, oh, we really think the baby's hungry. Yeah. Let's give them. And this this happens all the time. Like I get these calls and I know you get these messages too. We get these messages all the time. My baby's super fussy in the, e- like, in the evening. I, my milk supply is lower at that point. I'm not making enough milk for, for them. Um, you know, my partner thinks we should just give bottles during this time because the baby's not getting enough to eat. And it's like, you have enough milk. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with hunger. It has more to do with security. It has more to do with overstimulation. It has more to do with your baby figuring out what they need. And what they need is to be to be with you. Like that's just kind of what what, what is happening there. Um, 
the babies have an immature nervous system that cannot handle the majority of stuff that's going on around them. So we see them just like melt down, you know, like they just kind of like melt down at the end of the day, which is usually why we see this happening towards the end Mm -hmm. of the day in the evening time, because they're, they're just like, man, I was at the doctor's today. I, you know, got a shot. And then I went to Target and then (laughs) the dog was barking. And then we picked up my little brother or my big brother at, you know, preschool. And then he was screaming. And then by that time, it's the end of the day. That is an exhausting day for me. (laughs) I know. I was about to say, like, I have a mature nervous system and I'm not. Right. And that is like, that's an overwhelming day. I mean, like, I think it's also like when you, when you're, you don't think about it because, you know, as you get older, your nervous system matures. And also you just learn how to push things down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, I'm overwhelmed, whatever. I can't deal with that right now. And you push it down. And we for, we don't realize how overstimulating Target is oh for kids and for babies. And then we're, you know, kids are acting up, older kids acting up, you know, and, and getting yelled at in Target. And like, I'm not judging. I've totally been there. But like, you know, uh, you know, we don't realize like this is like all way too much for them to handle. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like their cup is overflowing. There was one time I was at this mom's house and she was like, she was so cute. It was like her third or fourth baby. I want to say fourth baby. But. She was like, I don't, I mean, and she had her other kids were running around because they were super little. They were running around. They had, you know, a dog that was running around. They're playing with these toys. There's noise going on with these toys. There's all this stuff happening. And the mom's like, I don't understand why the baby's so fussy. And I'm like, I'm overstimulated yeah. here. Like yeah. I, and I usually tell people if it, if it's a family where like you have multiple kids, you're probably going to see this like way more. You might not remember it with your first you might be like, oh, I don't really remember doing this with my first one, blah, blah, blah. But you might like really, it might really play out to you because there's just a lot more happening in the in the household with these kids, yeah. with all the kids in the family. And that's not to say that you have to like, you know, hush up everybody during this time frame and make everybody just like sit in the dark and, you know, be quiet. Your baby needs to acclimate to what life is going to be like. Like, and they will. But they it totally just, will. It's just a lot of overstimulation for these little babies that can't handle a lot. And this is how we see it come out. We see it come out in them wanting to be close to. We know that breastfeeding is way more than just a way to feed for them. That is where they get their their attachment and their trust and their safety. And that is where they want to be. So Yes. And let's talk more about that after a break. Yeah, because we have little things you can do. We have things you can do. Uh, yes, totally. We have things you can do. We have... <laughs> We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you leak breast milk? Have you ever thought about how much breast milk you're soaking up into your breast pads and throwing away? What if you could catch that milk and add it to your stash instead? The Milky's Milk Saver allows you to do just that. Slide the milk saver into your bra or tank top on the non-nursing side to catch the letdown while you breastfeed. People are adding ounces upon ounces to their stash on a daily basis. Thousands and thousands of breastfeeders have discovered this product. It holds two ounces of milk. It's comfortable to wear and reusable. You might be thinking that you don't leak very much. That's what most people say before they have actually used the milk saver. You will be shocked at how much milk you collect and how much liquid gold you are throwing into the garbage. 
This milk can be used to beef up your stash, to make breast milk keepsakes for baths, for breast milk popsicles, lotion, soaps, you name it. Breast milk is worth saving. If you don't leak, don't worry, that's normal too. But if you do leak, the Milk Saver can help you save your milk. Check out the Milk Savers, the Milky's Milk Saver at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products. Their hair and body baby wash is made with gentle moisturizing ingredients such as organic calendula and refreshing rosemary extract. Rosemary helps stimulate scalp circulation and calm cradle cap and eczema. This hair and body baby wash is ideal for babies, children, and adults alike. All of Original Sprouts products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. They are not just for babies anymore. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And today's sponsors and the promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And so a couple of things I want to add really quickly about the cluster feeding before we talk about what you can do about, not that you can do anything about it, but kind of ways to cope. How, how about that? That sounds a little bit better. Um, one of the things I usually tell parents when I'm kind of trying to work it out with them, because it usually comes through as I'm not making enough milk. What can I do? Like that's yeah. usually how it's, how it's perceived. <clears throat> Well, we know that cluster feeding is a very normal process. And then they really like it because it has to do it. It's developmental. Like I said, they're, you know, their um, nervous system is immature. So it is a developmental thing. And they just kind of like grow out of it. Like within a month or two, they're just kind of like done with it. And you just don't see them doing it anymore. Unless maybe it's like maybe a growth spurt or something Mm -hmm. like that. You might see it a little bit. But I always say to parents, like, is this happening at a certain time of day? And they'll say, yeah, like it really happens around the evening, which is why people think they don't have enough milk in the evening, which you do have enough milk in the evening. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't have milk in the evening time. Your breasts don't just like stop producing milk in the evening because they're on this like, I don't know, some kind of weird clock system. So um, if your baby, then I usually ask, is your baby, what about the rest of the day? Is your baby feeding normally the rest of the day? Yes. My baby's feeding every, you know, two and a half hours throughout the daytime, you know, napping, normal, fine, not fussy, whatever. Then we had that one time of day where they just want to eat all the time because I don't have enough milk. If it was a milk supply problem, you would see this all day long. Like that would not be something that only happened in the evening time. So you really have to look and go, okay, what's happening the rest of the day? Is the baby feeding fine the rest of the day? Is the baby content the rest of the day? Uh, Do they have good wet and dirty diapers? Is all of that stuff normal as usual? And then it's just this one time of day that we hit that, that, that the baby is really miserable. And if the answer is yes to that, that's just your cluster feeding time. That's all that is. And your baby will get past it. But that is all it is right now. That's what's what's happening with them. So a couple of things um, that you can do 
to kind of help with this. Now, you can't really get rid of the cluster feeding. You know, like it's just something that they they tend to do um, during this time frame. And a lot of times it's just, especially if you have other kids, it's just super inconvenient because you're trying to do stuff with other kids. Like it's just, it's just really inconvenient. So one of the things, one of the best things to do is baby wearing. Mm, Just mm -hmm. like you don't have to be out of your house to baby wear. You can slap that baby on you in something and wear them around the house. And if it's, if it's a situation where your baby just needs to be close to you, he, you keep putting him to the breast. He's just falling back to sleep again. And then you take him off and you try to put him down in his little sl- swing or something. And he's freaking out. Put him in, put him in a baby carrier. Put them in the baby carrier so that they're close to you. They feel you. They smell you. They have your skin against their skin. And they, that will really help to be more content during that cluster feeding time. And you can even just breastfeed in the sling too, or in the, I'm saying sling, but it could be, you know, whatever baby carrier you have, you can breastfeed in a baby carrier. And that way you can be a little bit more hands-free and do the things you need to do during this time. I don't know if you want to add anything. Yeah, no, that's a great, yeah, because that's, that's, um, and sometimes they won't even need to nurse if they're, no, they just want to be there. They're like, you. you can do skin to skin. They're, they're going to, they might be more just content during that time if you want to, to do other things. And, you know, try to, I think, I, for, I think that understanding that it's normal and that it passes is half of the battle. Yeah. Because if you don't understand what's happening, you think that it's not normal, you think that something could possibly be wrong, then there's no, getting around that in your head. You know, like you, we understand, we we have this basic understanding that babies pooping and peeing is normal. So even though it's inconvenient and it's happening all the time, <laughs> we do it and we deal with it because we know that it's normal. We know that this is going to happen, we're expecting it. Now, if it's you're a good not analogy. expecting Yeah, yeah that's I mean, a good analogy, right, like, yeah. There's like that's one thing that we do understand about. It's like the only thing we understand about babies. Yeah. Is that they're going to poop true. and pee everywhere. Yeah. But like you don't if you if you have never you know most people have never been around breastfeeding, never you know you see it in on TV in the movies and it's not at all like how it's happening in your house, and then you have this baby who's just like super fussy and like wants to constantly nurse and is just fussy and nursing and fussing and nursing and popping on and off and whatever. Um, we don't understand that to be normal. We don't understand what's going on with the baby, so we just think like, well, that's. This isn't normal. And so you spend the whole time frustrated and panicking. Mm-hmm. So now if you understand that it's normal, then you can just go, okay, I know that this is evening time. It's probably going to be a little rough. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to like, maybe I'm not going to schedule the thing that I need to do in the evening. I'm going to, you know, baby wear. I'm going to have, you know, maybe make dinner a little bit earlier or d- don't make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Make something easy, you know, like if you can have something organized earlier or whatever, and then just know that that time, this is what's going to happen in that time. And um, yeah, that's what I have to say about baby wearing. Yeah, like it. it's absolutely, I mean, and plus the other thing too that goes along with that is we know sometimes, and we've talked about this on the podcast many times, that sometimes babies only want to be with the birthing parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that to be a to be a real thing and we know that other the other parent always gets offended and upset about that and 
there's just no way around. Like that's the only thing this baby knows. Like the baby was literally attached to the birthing parrot inside their body. This yeah. is all this baby knows. So this is who this baby is comfortable with. So sometimes it does, you know, you sometimes you want to even just try to pass the baby off to somebody else during this time. So you can, you know, tend to other kids or do whatever needs to happen. And you might not even be able to do that much. So that's another reason why baby wearing is a really good um, option during that time. Another thing is support, which I know that this, I mean, we talk about how limited support is all the time. If you are able and not everybody is, I mean, a a lot of people are not able to have support, like have people come over and help or, you know, have, um, you know, have anybody there with them. If you are able to have support people, put them to use seriously during this time. And I know that sometimes we don't want to ask people to do stuff for us, but yeah. if you have somebody that says like, maybe it's a family member sister-in-law, sister, whatever, they say, hey, can I come visit you tomorrow? But you can be like, you know what? It would be really helpful if you came at this time and you could kind of help me get some stuff done because the baby's super fussy during that time. And even if it's just to be like, you know what? The baby's super fussy and I just want somebody else to be around. <laughs> you know, like even if it's something like yeah. that, there is nothing wrong with that. You know, um, if you can, if you can do that, if you can have some extra support, because sometimes, or have somebody, you know what, bring me dinner at this time. So I don't have to cook and try to worry about that or or whatever. It's not always an option for some people. Some people don't have that kind of support around them, but if you do try to manipulate the timing so that they are around during that fussy period and they can be really helpful to you. Um, totally. Yeah. I, yeah, I think also something that I would do when Jack was really, um, fussy less so with Exley, I guess, because Jack was around. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I would turn off the lights and go in the dark hallway and turn like music on and just kind of like either like sway or dance or pace in the hallway, mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of minimize the, the stimulation around that and, you know, have something just like soothing happening during this time. Um, could take a bath or go yeah. and like do like a little steam, you know, where you like turn the, you stand outside of the shower, but turn the shower on all the way hot. And oh. like you can do it with babies if they like have a, like a congestion, mm -hmm. but you can also just do it cause it's nice. If you feel like just taking a steam. Oh, that's a nice. Sometimes idea. people enjoy that. Um, and one of the things too, which again, you were already talking about support. Um, but like in the evening time, we still to this day separate our kids, which is a privilege that we have with two parents at home in the evening. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we split up, we kind of do, I do time with Jack upstairs after dinner, I, me and Jack do stuff. And then Josh and Exley go downstairs and then like a half an hour later we switch. Well, that's cool. And um, just kind of hang out and do whatever. Do it doesn't matter what we do. But um, what when J when Exley was a baby and I would be upstairs like nursing Jack to sleep, Josh would have Exley and he would just bring him downstairs. He would put sometimes he would just put him in a carrier and like turn on the Ramones or mm. something and like listening to to his favorite music and just like kind of dance around and have him down there and it worked really well. Again, you have to have somebody else there who's willing to take the baby, which I know a lot of people don't. 
either have somebody there or have somebody who's willing to take the baby. Yeah. But if you do, definitely be creative with it. Um, and I was taking away the stimulation is one of the things I usually recommend for people. Um, because if you can, if you can do that, if you can, you know, go into a place where, cause you might not realize that you're like, well, I'm trying to nurse a baby and I'm, you know, you're maybe you're sitting on the couch and the dog's licking the baby's head and you're watching TV and you know, all yeah. this stuff. And you might not realize that all of that is overstimulation for the baby and the lights are on. And, you know, so it's like maybe going into a quiet room, going into a place where it's dark, putting on some white noise, swaddling the baby so that they're, they feel secure. Um, those, uh, birth balls, yoga balls, those are great oh, yeah, to yeah. just sit on and, and bounce a little bit. Babies tend to calm really, really well with that because it is kind of like that gentle, you know, rocking, bouncing motion that soothes them. So trying to like lessen the stimulation can be really helpful for these babies during this time frame because it is just, there's just so much going around on around them and they just need to like decompress that. Um, thinking about like really what is happening around you as far as, Sometimes people will come in and, and they'll tell me, you know, the baby was super fussy last night. I don't know what happened. Be like, okay, well, what'd you do yesterday? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, we had company for dinner and, you know, our friends wanted to meet the baby. So they brought over, you know, dinner and maybe they had their kids with them. And, you know, like you just don't realize because people be like, oh, no, the baby was fine. The baby slept the whole time. It's like that's still really overstimulating for them. Yeah, yeah. So. Sometimes even saying like limiting visitors, not forever, but maybe in those first few weeks, um, limiting visitors. Not the helping ones, but the not, partying yeah, not the ones. Helping ones. Yeah. The ones that are like, oh, let's have dinner and wine and let the kids play. No. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Some kind of limiting stuff, especially if you have other stuff happening too. If it was like, oh yeah, it was a day that you decided to like maybe get out and run some errands, or maybe it was a day that you maybe went to a doctor's appointment. Now you've got people coming that evening. Like... Sometimes parents will ask me to like do a home visit for them or, you know, they, or they want to come and see me for lactation support and they'll be piggybacking it off of like another appointment that day. And I'm like, that's kind of a lot. Like maybe we should, you know, wait another day. Um, just because it's, it, babies can only tolerate so much. So trying to kind of like keep in mind that like doing too much stuff could be just way too much for your baby. Um, we just think that because they sleep through it, that it's not overstimulating to them, but it really is. So just trying to like, oh, okay, maybe this is enough for today. You know, we did enough today. Wait another day before having, you know, more people coming over could be really helpful to kind of, you know, help to kind of limit some of that fussiness and overstimulation. And the one of the other reasons why this is looked at as such an issue, I think sometimes too, is because sometimes it feels like it happens out of nowhere. You know, like you'll have this baby like mm -hmm. for a week or two that is totally just like, you know, sleeping and eating and you're changing diapers and they're fine. And then all of a sudden that two week mark or so hits and it's like, they're just miserable at certain times of day. And people are like, what's going on? This isn't the baby that, you know, like it, it just is not the same baby that was well yeah i think that's also why it makes it seem like there's something wrong mm -hmm, you know absolutely. like it, well that's what you mean yeah like it's just like oh my god well this wasn't happen happening before and now it's happening so something changed something's wrong my milk supply my milk dried up overnight something like that yeah but it's i mean it's not and this really is not much different than 
your two-year-old having a tantrum before you put him to bed. Yeah. It's really not. It really is, you know, I mean, and if you don't have a two-year-old yet, you're not there yet. So that doesn't help you. <laughs> but if you are somebody that has other children, like, you know that this is a thing, you know, that this is a very normal process. Kids just melt down at the end of the day. It's too much for them. We we know that. We know that. You know, that's one of the things we do know about, at least about, you know, toddlers and stuff. But that that goes to babies as well. Just because they're sleeping through the chaos at times doesn't mean that they're not going to be impacted by that later on as the day goes on. Yeah. And also there's some, I mean, and there's not a way, like we said before, to completely get rid of this. This is normal. It's developmental. It's developmental. It'll totally go away on its own. Yeah. And, And you don't have to be afraid of it. It's just a normal thing that they do. It's annoying, but you know, they do so many annoying things. They do. But yeah, it's totally this normal. Just another one. I know. <laughs> totally <laughs> annoying. Totally normal. And you, you I mean, you can't really, can't really get out of it. I do find that I feel like babies that just kind of um, tend to get through this phase easier, or maybe it's the parents that get through the phase easier, are parents and families that just kind of are feeding on demand anyway and just kind of responding to the baby's needs and not trying to like manipulate sleep and manipulate you know, doing all kinds of crazy, you know, just let me try to give bottles during the night so I don't have to get up. Let me try to do this. Let me try to like all of that stuff that doesn't really work well with newborns. I find if we just kind of roll with it and do what respond to the baby's needs early, things just kind of play out a little bit easier, but that's just me. Let's notice that. So, yeah, I agree. Well, thank you, Diane. For that information. And there is, um, I did write a blog on it a little while back. So I'll link that in the show notes. Um, I don't know if we ever talked about this before, but if I find another episode on it, I'll link it too, in case, you know, you want to compare information and see if we know what we're talking about. (laughs) See if if we gave different information. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Probably not. Cluster feeding doesn't change. And I've always thought about it this way. So, so yeah, so that's all. So good luck. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.